Welcome to Bachelor Theory. My name is Julia Deloise, and woo-hoo-hoo-hoo, woo-woo, we have a goddamn episode on our hands. I need everybody to calm down. Everyone needs to calm down because we have a lot to get to today. I'm, I'm a high school algebra teacher now. Everyone calm down. we got a lot to get to. I loved it. I hated it. I really hope by the end of this episode I have a better grasp on how I feel uh, about the whole thing because it really was a wild ride. So getting right into it, we get this cold open of Matt and Serena P on a date. Uh, there's a donkey involved. Um, and, and I don't have too much to say about this except for what's the situation with these cold opens? Am I wrong about this? We've never seen them before. Um, and I, I don't know what the idea is. It doesn't seem to add a lot for me. Um, yeah, I, I wonder what they're thinking. Okay, so really we're back at the rose ceremony and we're picking up right where we left off, which is that Sarah has fainted, almost fainted. Um, I'm not really sure. And the other girls are kind of quickly jumping on her um <laughs> because as Anna says uh what does she say she said this is she gets a really pure moment with Matt she said she's getting exactly what she wants so they're kind of turning this like freak medical episode um into a sort of play on on Sarah's move and ain't that just the bachelor universe for you that's like that's like really a primer on what we're doing here I am not going to weigh in on, I don't, I have no reason to think that this was not a, a fainting episode. Like, so, so, okay, it was, okay, it was. Kind of a side trip here um, about fainting for me. Uh, when I was in high school, there would be days when like a blood donation bus would like roll up to the high school. And if you had an appointment to donate blood, you could like get out of class for half an hour or whatever. Um, so it was like blood donation day, right? And there would always be girls who, um, there would be a few girls who fainted. And this is kind of fucked up, but I feel like I remember that the vibe was sort of like, if you fainted, it was sort of like an adorable like girl thing of you to do. Like you were simply too fragile or too frail to donate blood. And that was somehow like, desirable in my in my deepest heart of hearts I I I like felt a tiny bit jealous of girls who fainted this is the first time I'm saying that out loud this is the first time I'm revisiting that um pretty disordered pretty fucked up uh but yeah I remember like fainting was sort of was sort of admirable it was jealousy inducing and I never fainted of course I was kind of a sturdy girl um and recently y'all I actually had my first experience fainting and it was after blood donation this was a couple weeks ago um and I fully passed out in uh the hallway of a hospital and woke up with like seven people standing around me so I had my first experience fainting kind of a lifelong dream of mine I guess you could say um really fulfilling that demented high school wish I had for myself not all it's cracked up to be um anyway I I feel like my recent experience gave me a little more insight to what Sarah might be going through although I do wonder if like what the other girls were saying about 
her is like, were the nurses saying that about me? I want to imagine that the nurses in the blood donation clinic were like, she is getting exactly what she wants. <laughs> and it's like more apple juice and crackers because that's what I got. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, okay. I got lost a little bit in uh, <laughs> in the high school, in the, in the fainting fantasy. Okay. Um, okay, so we're back at the rose ceremony. Matt gives out the remaining roses. The only thing we really need to cover here is that, of course, Victoria stays and Marilyn goes. Uh, and that is something that anybody who has watched The Bachelor for even one second um, – could have told you ahead of time we know that of course the the villain is gonna stay and the other girl has to be the sacrificial lamb so you know that's what happened um we get a nice toast uh which victoria leads she says cheers to continuing the journey and being vulnerable even when it's really tough i love that she's sort of like plugging what she did last episode last night right <laughs> like she's sort of saying like kudos to me for being vulnerable just want to remind matt and everyone that i did that um <laughs> so good for me and we love it good for victoria this is sort of our last i i, I didn't know to savor this i didn't know to savor this toast in the moment i didn't know that this was one of our last moments of of watching Victoria be the villain because throughout the rest of the episode that storyline really kind of fades uh and we will get to why um but yeah I I wish I had known I I don't know what I would have done different would I have well yeah I would have savored it more okay so we are at the hotel it's the next morning everyone's in cozy clothes I love this segment because it's always like fun to find out who looks hot in glasses for the first time, right? So this episode we found out it's Rachel, Anna, and Sarah. So congratulations to them. Um, we get a group date card and almost everybody is on it. And then we get into a group date that I, uh, I, bleh, 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 bleh. okay. We get into a group date that we're going to talk about. When everybody gets to this group date, they walk in on a shadowy, who we find out to be Ashley I, uh, reading some pretty shitty erotica. Um, and the, the vibe is sort of like, what did I get myself into? So we find out that this date um, that Ashley I is sort of guest overseeing, love that she quarantined for this, uh, is that all the women are going to write their own erotic stories um, involving Matt, and they are going to read them not only to the audience of the other women on the date, but the other women from the house, too, are going to come back and be the audience. Um Really, it kind of told us everything we needed to know when there was that line in Ashley's reading where she said she felt him against her thigh. And the women kind of like lose their minds about this as if it's the most raunchy, sexual, scandalous thing they've ever fucking heard of. 
We also randomly find out uh, that Chris Harrison wrote a novel called The Perfect Letter. Y'all, my jaw hit the floor. I didn't know what was going on. For people who have been in Bachelor Nation for longer than me, maybe you knew about this. Maybe this is like very common knowledge. But for people who have come in in the last few years, I was shook. I I didn't know what way was up. (laughs) Um, uh, Of course, I immediately looked up the perfect letter. I have a copy on its way to me. I'm not no fool, you know. I know that this episode is going to launch a flurry of people rushing to get that book. So I got mine in. I paid $3.95 for it and free shipping. So um, if you're listening to this, I advise you to do the same if you want to get your paws on that because um, it's going to go fast. I literally cannot wait. Um, so that was like a random uh, a gift of this date. Possibly the best part. Because the rest of the date, as I mentioned, is about the women reading erotic stories that involve them and Matt. Bachelor Nation. I, oh, please, please stop. Do Like, can we beg the show to stop doing this? I fucking hate it. I, <laughs> you always have these, like, it's always a group date where there's some sort of, like, ham-fisted, sex-involving, weird challenge where people are sort of like meant to put on display their sexual prowess, but it's in a way that like really doesn't say anything about your sexual preferences or abilities at all. Um, Other ones include like there's inevitably a challenge about you know, like fake an orgasm. What do your orgasm noises sound like, right? We saw that last season with Tasha's men. Um, and it's sort of like meant, the, the idea is sort of like, the vibe is sort of that it's, it's like an audition, right, for the lead to, to get to know a little bit more about how you fuck and like what your sexual prowess is, like, you know? And it just, doesn't accomplish any of those things it's kind of gross like okay if I feel like if this was a bachelorette and the men were all like reading their erotic stories and they went kind of like off the rails the way the women do like if all the men were reading stories that were like then I'm gonna lay you down and fuck your pussy like we would all be fucking like it would be borderline assault we would be fucking calling the cops like we would not be watching this show anymore that would be terrible and I I I got it you know context is everything so things are are gendered but I I still think it's weird I think it's weird for men it puts the lead in a really uncomfortable position that they did not ask to be in and it's it kind of serves as like a stand-in for connection and they keep talking about it this way in this date where they're like you know they say things like we're just taking it to a deeper level or whatever but it's really that is like it's a it's so performative and it's not about any it's not drawing on any connection between you and the lead it's not two people you know getting intimate and like negotiating and exploring 
boundaries and and fantasies and and whatever like all the things that sex is supposed to be so I I really I hated this date um yeah I I really fucking hated it I hate this date every time it crops up because it's also too like this thing where women are allowed to be sexual on this show within like very narrow confined parameters so we saw it last season you know the men um playing sports in their underwear and uh the the one that I keep remembering from last season uh, I've been thinking about it since was when Becca and Sydney joined Tasha for um the water the water game that the men are playing and they're like kind of lounging poolside and yelling like woohoo take it off like take it off is you know so I have been thinking about this since then and I started calling it take it off feminism um and it it refers to this sexuality that women are allowed to have on the show and you know of course it's it's thin cisgendered you know conventionally attractive women who are allowed to have this horniness and they're allowed to exercise it in this very specific way their sexuality always has to it has to involve a man right these stories are about matt katie named the vibrator about matt the horniness like has to be attached to the men on the show and it's not the same as like sexual empowerment or or real self-possession when it comes to sexuality at all and I it's like we're far enough into the future where we're seeing women be vaguely horny on our TVs and that's great um but they're really only allowed to do it in this very specific kind of cheeky vanilla way that is a, a big bummer to everyone watching it or at least to me so the performance begins and it's kind of everything you would imagine for, um, you know, this this date, which we've seen in a handful of iterations on this show at this point. Um, first, Matt goes. Uh, they make him go first. And I'm I'm super confused about this. He there was a line about he said, like this, that familiar scent drew her to the kitchen and then it was chocolate cake I feel like I, I I need to hear that back I need to hear the rest of the stuff surrounding it because they it also just felt like they kind of like breezed by it and it was like wait that was a fucking insane unhinged thing to say why are we not pausing at that um okay so we have okay we have Lauren it's always these like cheeky uh, dumb kind of innuendos and double entendres and so we have like Lauren saying um I got something new to wear not that it would be on for long and the crowd I mean the girls like kind of erupt in laughter you know what this is actually why I could not go on this show not because I like can't see myself falling in love with a stranger not because I couldn't handle you know the the tough environment it really is moments like this because I cannot let have you ever been in a group when like somewhat the leader is like saying something and it's not funny at all it's like barely funny but the group kind of like like we all agree that we're gonna laugh like it's funny like that is what I could not do I when when Lauren says I got something new to wear not that it would be on for long I couldn't laugh along with that and that 
that's why I can't go on The Bachelor. It's it's that exact thing. It's the same thing when we have these weird, you know, misdirects. Kit says his long, thick legs. It's like, oh, yeah, we completely thought you were going to say dick, of course. And then someone else says his rock hard muscles. It's like we knew from the second you took a breath that that was that it you weren't going to say dick. We knew that it was going to be fucking legs and muscles. This is dumb and I I don't believe anyone. I don't believe anyone when they do this misdirect. I don't believe anyone when they laugh at or act surprised at this misdirect. It's I I don't get it. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. But I really this date had me thinking about like what kind of sex are people having sometimes I think like everyone has good sex you know but then this stuff and like these women are losing their fucking minds at the dumbest kind of sexual like like innuendos and and non things and then I'm like most people probably have bad sex actually so if you I don't know if you have good sex congratulations you're you're doing better than probably most people if this date is to be believed now you also have the ones who kind of go all in on this and I don't like that either maybe there's just no winning for me on this date the ones I mean Victoria you know she made a splash uh getting censored with I want to lay him on his back and beep his beep and beep 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 and I I mean look I've I've been there too it's like you know for me it was late high school, early college, when you realize that, like, you can you can be that girl to guys, right? Like, you can kind of be outrageous. And if you say something so sexually forward and, like, uninhibited, it's kind of like that's like a stand-in for you being attractive and, and wild and, you know, you're that girl, right? I... I've been there. I've used that as a tactic in my very young days. And I I hope that everybody grows out of that. I hope Victoria does. Because um, it's, it's not an adult thing, for sure. Uh, and it also doesn't really communicate anything about your compatibility, your sexuality, how you are as, like, a partner intimately. Um, yeah, big step. Big step backwards. Victoria does, of course, uh, write a king and queen themed story. And she ends on an orgasm where he screams, yes, queen. And they all they all laugh. They seem to like her in this moment, um, which I guess is is foreboding of what's to come. They're sort of on her side. Now, throughout all of this, mind you, I've never said mind you before. Was that cool or OK? Um, Sarah's kind of like losing her mind a little bit throughout all of this. We get hints that she really is struggling with the aspect of watching uh, other women read these sexually explicit stories about Matt. Um, and I, I hope we all get used to that because that's really what the rest of the episode becomes about. Now she tells the other women... Uh, she gets a little vulnerable with them, right? Back at the hotel, she says, uh, she confides that she's having a really hard time uh, watching other women talk about him in this way. And 
I, you know, I would love for the house to be a place where they could rely on each other for this kind of support since they are the ones who are going through the thing that they're going through. But you know that it's not that universe. And so it really, it just, it feels like a horror movie, right? You're just yelling at Sid. It's like, girl, they can, they can smell fear. Don't do this. You know, they're about to devour you. So before we really take off on like a Sarah tear, uh, couple moments just had to pause for uh he gets a nice conversation with rachel everything's going pretty good with rachel which means everything's going pretty good for my bracket uh she says i haven't felt this way in a long time i love when 23 year olds say that uh she says maybe i haven't felt this way ever um yeah love that love that okay the other girls uh are are saying back in the main room the other girls are saying wasn't that empowering that was so empowering it's like girls this isn't the vagina monologues it was all centered on matt and okay so (laughs) sarah won't come down right she's losing her goddamn shit and it's kind of hard to watch um And she decides that she really needs to go talk to him uh, during this nighttime group date, even though she's not on it, uh, because she's feeling so insecure about, you know, their connection and what he might be thinking or feeling about other girls. So, of course, this becomes the conflict of the episode. And, you know, I go, nobody is right here. Right? Like, Sarah comes off as looking like a little bit of a twit, you know? I think, like, yes, that's the nature of the show. What did you expect? Also, you know, possibly, like, the lead is not the person to take that anxiety to, you know? Like, they're not the natural outlet for that. They're not – It's it shouldn't necessarily be on them to – you know, alleviate that, that fear, that stress in you, uh, at, at the same time, you know, this show literally consists of people doing things like this. So when the women go on too long about how it's unfair that she interrupted, it's like, I sort of get it, but it's also, I mean, that's the, that's, that, that's the show. Okay. Like I, and they're also quick to, you know, lay the blame on on Sarah for this and not on Matt for taking the time to talk to her. And, you know, it, it all comes down on her. So I think, I mean, this is a tough one, right? I'm calling it a tie. I, pff, what do I care? You know, it's this frustrating realization that, you want to like zap into every contestant ever on this show. You want to zap it into every contestant's brain. Is this thing where like it's not about the time. And when people get hung up on like the time that somebody took up, it's like the time is not the reason. They keep saying like I didn't get any time with him and if I don't get a rose then that'll make me really mad because she took the time with him. It's like this show is about meeting someone, ostensibly, this show is about meeting someone that you have a connection with. It's, it's, it's not about the time. And like if you buy into, I think like a lot of these women, a lot of these 
a lot of people who go on the show kind of buy into the idea of like a soulmate, you know, or a destiny person, whatever. Um, And it just seems like, you know, if it's your soulmate, then the difference of like not seeing them for seven minutes, is that enough to like, like that means it's going to be a miss? That makes the concept of soulmates sound like pretty tenuous, you know? So it's, it's kind of an embarrassing thing for everybody when contestants get too hung up on the time, um, especially because, as we'll see, like Sarah really doesn't take up that much time at all. So I guess I have to go to when Sarah actually interrupts. So Katie is having a conversation with him, Vibrator Girl, who has miraculously, by the end of the episode, probably shed the title of a vibrator girl, which nobody saw coming. We, we thought that that was how she would go down in Bachelor history. So good for her. Um, she's having a great conversation with Matt, seems like. And Sarah interrupts him. Um, she's taken more than her sort of allotted time. And, and Katie goes back and tries to reclaim her time. She interrupts them and says, like, time's up. Can I have him back? Sarah begs for a little more time. Katie waits in the wings um and then resorts to planting herself right on the sofa next to them for them to finish their conversation i gotta say i think katie's like playing this one absolutely right you know um yeah so she does get her time back and sends this sends sarah back to the group and she makes what sounds like a heartfelt apology which is why it's a super big bummer that this sort of begins the time of like dogpiling on Sarah. This season has been full of like ganging up on one girl. We're only three episodes in and we've seen two iterations of this. So Victoria is super taking the opportunity to side with the other girls, that thing where it's like, you know, better her than me. And maybe we're lacking a lot of context. Maybe there's stuff that we haven't seen but from what we do see it's a complete bummer that now somehow Victoria is in and Sarah is on the outs it it yeah it makes you feel like they really like they need someone they need someone to be the odd one out um yeah it sucks so Sarah goes outside crying um at first victoria attempts to speak to her she's speaking words but really not sounding like a human at all um it's a little much and then katie kind of takes the reins of the conversation comes out and has what seems to be you know a pretty nice like pretty pretty like trying to be understanding conversation and this is the beginning of like me really liking Katie um yeah I I thought she she did great this episode I hope we see more of her I hope she sticks around for a little bit and um I don't my bracket does not have her going very much further but I do hope to see her on Bachelor in Paradise so the next morning the women are all convened all of them except for Sarah who is upstairs in her hotel room she's still kind of freaking out she 
Her concern is mounting that she's not cut out for this, um, that the environment is too intense, and she's thinking about her family, who, again, it's a really tough situation with them. Her dad, uh, his ALS, is quickly going downhill, and he doesn't have very much time left. So I I really feel for her here, and I'm I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt and thinking, like, in this, in this really fucking intense environment, like, thinking about your family – Back home, that would be really hard. I also, you know, I I feel guilty saying this. I, 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 why, why, is it okay to say, like, why did you come on, why did you come on the show? Like, if he, if later in the episode we find out that he, it, she says, like, it might be weeks and it, yeah, I don't know. It, that feels shitty, whatever. There, I want to say, like, there's context I don't know about. There, there's probably a lot that I, I don't know, and I couldn't, I couldn't possibly know. So, uh, in the absence of that information, I will stick with her. But I can't say I didn't wonder that. So, the environment is too intense for her, um, and the girls are sort of talking shit once again about why isn't she here. So, Matt, uh, who has come in to address the room, leaves to go talk to her which I think is like what you would do if someone that you actually cared about was separate from the group. So this this checks out for me. I do believe that that there is some sort of connection for him and that he cares about her. It's also true he gets sucked into this. So that could have happened whether he had a connection with her or not. Who knows? Um, so he goes and he flops on her on the bed. She's in her bed in a puffer jacket. Um, and she hints for the first time that she might want to leave. Um, and Matt says that would be a tragedy. Um, it's like, I mean, 9-11 was a tragedy. But yeah, I guess Sarah leaving would be, it would be sad. Sure. Yeah, it would be sad. Uh, so Matt comes back down and addresses the group. I think this is the right move they should they should hear it from him and he says I would have done this for any one of you so in the absence of of anything I have no I'm gonna give them all the benefit of the doubt okay I I'm I'm choosing to do it uh so that's that um and then okay so then it's time for the one-on-one now Serena P has gotten the one-on-one uh date card and it's uh it's riding horses I love that the horses quarantined for this um so glad they could be there uh and right at the opening of this date we get a fucking stellar line never heard anything better um Matt says uh, about Serena he says what she lacks in size she brings in personality um, and I love that as someone who's 5'2 I <laughs> I hope that someone says that about me randomly I don't know what the fuck you guys okay um, so then Serena P is uh, teaching how to make a charcuterie board this kind of and then they they talk about like a turtle and oh Matt had a turtle when he was little and that's a weird pet and look you guys between the charcuterie board and the turtle like I I don't know I don't see it I don't see a connection between the two of them these feel uh, 
these fe- if they, if there is i think that their connection is just dumb <laughs> you know uh I think that like these two bits sort of feel contrived. I don't felt I, I didn't feel like I, you know, uh, was seeing two people like really connect or, or find a really fun inside joke to riff on. Maybe they're just I mean, maybe they're just not not funny people. Maybe they're bad at joking uh, or maybe I'm bad at at reading people's connection and also like judging the shit out of them. That's possible too. Uh, but they do, I mean, according to them, they do connect. And one of the things that they connect on is talking about, you know, the course of their lives. And Serena discloses that her dad was kind of opposed to coming on the show because he had a very linear, traditional life. Um, and so they kind of connect that their life paths have not always been traditional, have not always been, you know, linear. Um and so yeah they according to them (laughs) according to them there's a connection uh she also says she says i'm not someone who usually feels things this quickly um it's like you're 22 you don't know what you are uh but yeah according to them it's there right back at the hotel of course sarah is once more hiding away um we get this quote from serena c she says She's digging herself her own hole, and soon enough, she's not going to be able to come out, uh, which we're left to wonder what that means. Um, So back to the nighttime uh, one-on-one, and they're having a nice dinner. The conversation, as it usually does with the nighttime one-on-ones, gets a little more – it takes a turn for the more serious – they're talking about past relationship experiences. And um, here's where I get a little more judgy. Here's, uh, yeah. Uh, they start talking, Serena asks, like, have you ever been in love before? And this one kind of uh, sticks in my craw a little bit. I, I just don't think that it's a worthwhile question. I don't think that it's like a a question of substance I don't really think that it means anything actually I don't think that anybody should ever ask anybody have you ever been in love before I think people measure that differently um you know so there's no way to kind of like standardize the definition of that so you're kind of I mean you're kind of like speaking different languages and like not you know necessarily it's like my experience of being in love doesn't necessarily necessarily translate to your experience and so asking each other about these things it just it's it's not real it's uh it's made up and um yeah so this one I I hate this uh I think there are like more practical versions of this I think that like past relationship experiences are you know sometimes interesting or can be telling but I I think like versions of this are like like have you ever you know lived with a partner or have you ever like been with someone that you were really like planning a life with uh you know so I think that I think it's okay to ask about past relationships in that context but I just I never feel like anything really gets communicated in like have you ever 
been in love before. And yeah, it doesn't uh, doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. But Serena uh, really does rattle off probably the most casual uh, L word we've ever seen on this show. She just she just barrels right into it uh, on the tail of something else. She says, I definitely feel like I could be falling in love with you, um, <laughs> which uh, I love it. Go for it, girl. Yeah, very conversational. Very fun. Uh, they have a hot tub makeout. Yeah. What can I say? It's a connection. Not for me, a person watching it on TV. So, you know, fuck me. But uh, apparently to them, it's a connection. We'll call it a connection. Okay, now back to these mean, mean girls at this hotel. Um, I do wait. Did Victor was it Victoria who said Sarah doesn't need Matt? Sarah needs a Xanax. Okay, that one was a little bit good. Y'all are mean, mean girls, but that one was funny. Uh, I love MJ saying, "I've always said silence is louder." It's like, oh, you have always said that, MJ. Wow, that's crazy. I've like heard that so many times. I had no idea that was that, that was you, MJ. Um, MJ, God, for the girl who said that she was all about energy, she is really bringing some bad energy to this room and to the rest of this episode. She is in there with the best of them, freaking, you know beating up Sarah verbally. She cannot lay off. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm sensing some energy from you too, MJ, and it's it's bad fucking vibes. Sorry, I know you're not allowed to say this about the relatable girl who brought pizza to the first night, but I'm saying it. MJ, I'm out. So the rest of this night is like kind of brutal in a really real way that was hard and uncomfortable to watch in a lot of moments. I mean, these women just lay into her and the word, you know, the word bullying gets thrown around on this show, certainly, but I do feel like this was maybe a rare instance where that felt accurate to me, just this dogpiling on her and it was everybody against her and it was all over these like presumably six minutes of time that she spent with Matt that she like wasn't supposed like like wasn't entitled to technically on this show that there are no fucking rules on right so it's really over the top she apologizes which seems genuine uh and you know, Victoria is even saying, who is she even talking to? So they're like, I mean, they're being pretty brutal. Victoria is, like I said, she is just all too eager to be to be in the group and not be in Sarah's shoes now. But this fucking sucks, right? Like the words that they're dropping, they're talking about like she monopolized his time. It's manipulative. It's toxic. Someone says, you didn't take anybody's emotions into account except your own. It's like, I don't know. Did she? Yeah. Did she break the fucking rules? Yeah. There's also no rules. And who fucking cares, dudes? Like, Kit, who, I mean, she looks the part. She she looks like a mean girl through and through. Uh, She says, the rest of your living situation here is going to be horrible. She says it with such a chilly, I mean, I got chills 
up my spine. Uh, she really is. That was brutal. And it really feels like Sarah cannot win in this situation, right? The times that she has stayed up in her room, the talk is all about like, where the fuck is she? Now, when she comes down, the the discourse changes to like, what the fuck does she think she's doing? Like just walking up in here. It's like, well, she's coming. I mean, what did you, what is the right move for her? She really, there's no right move for Sarah at this point. And I, I really feel for her. If you have ever witnessed something like this go down in real life, even if you haven't, this, this sucks. It, yeah, not fun. And the next morning when Sarah is still in her room uh, and they still have more to say about it, it's like, yeah, because you fucking bullied her, you guys. Uh, why the fuck would she come out of her room? I wouldn't. So Katie goes up to confront Sarah and she says, like, I didn't like how that went down. I didn't like it at all, which is chill. But it's also like, OK, then say something downstairs, maybe. Um but Sarah kind of confides in Katie and she tells her about her dad's illness, about how hard it is to be away. And Katie, uh, to her credit, she really identifies with this because, as she tells Sarah, her dad passed away. And this moment, I, I mean, this was like the crown jewel of the episode. I really liked this. It's a rare, like, moment of connection and, like, true support, I think, from one of the contestants from one of the women to another of the women it was it was nice it made me think like why why couldn't they all be support systems to each other the entire time so that it never gets to the point where Sarah feels like she has to leave because she's being so brutally ostracized like what if I mean well she does kind of like I mean she in the beginning of the episode she does sort of confide in them that it was hard to watch him with other women uh but then I guess she kind of you know takes it too far for their taste and then suddenly they turn on her but I do want to imagine like a better world of The Bachelor where these women like like when that anxiety comes up that it's like something that you take to the other women because you feel like you can trust them and you support each other rather than something you like lay on the lead and now it's on them to deal with um and maybe you know convince you or, or not convince you that you want to go home um so this was a really nice moment I really ended the episode liking Katie a whole lot um yeah everyone should follow Katie's example and as one more crowning act for her Katie heads downstairs and addresses all of the women um, and gives them, I thought this was really nice. She gave them sort of a tasteful explanation of what was going on with Sarah without like kind of blowing her cover, without disclosing like personal details about the family situation that Sarah confided in only her. It was kind of, I mean, she kind of put on her camp counselor hat, right? And said like, uh, you know, this is why she's acting that way. And I don't want her experience here to be like she was she was bullied out of this. You do get a couple like frustrating shots of these women kind of like nodding knowingly. And it's like, why are you acting like you are on board with what she's saying when you just 
I don't know, like tore this girl a new asshole for taking six minutes. Um, too little, too late, dudes, you know. Uh, but yeah, Katie, Katie really came out looking strong in this episode. And maybe they've all learned their lesson. Maybe not. Maybe it'll be somebody new. Uh, who's going to be, yeah, who's going to be the one on the outs next week? That should be a, a bracket we're all playing in. Uh, okay, so Sarah really does feel strongly that it's time for her to go home. So, of course, she has to visit Matt and let him know. Uh, he he kind of, like, respectfully implores her to stay, kind of implies that he would like her to stay, but also, I thought, like, gave kind of a tasteful amount of, like, agency, you know, um, to her and, and kind of made it clear that he would uh, respect her decision. So she does insist that it's time to go um, and gets into the car and drives off. And with that, my bracket is obliterated. I didn't see this coming. Um, And that's on me. But that's kind of really where we leave off for this week. So the spark notes are, you know, the girls came off as really, really mean. It's going to be hard for me to root for some of these girls going forward. And Matt came off as, Matt, Matt, Matt didn't come off as anything. We have another episode where we still, I feel like, it's like, what is the deal? We're not seeing anything. He's just like a, maybe a dud, maybe a dud. He, uh, we're just not seeing very much from Matt. And maybe as these connections heat up. Uh, we'll start to see a little more authenticity from him, or maybe that is authentic and he's just boring, question mark? Maybe he's just boring. Uh, we got a boring bachelor on our hands and some mean, mean girls. And that's, this is me giving the state of the union about the bachelor. Boring batch and mean girls. Um, yeah. <sighs> I'm sorry I yelled, you guys. I'm sorry I yelled this whole entire episode. I don't like to do it, uh, but this show, well, you know. If you're listening to this, then you know. This show probably makes you yell too. Hey, uh, I'm so grateful, if you're listening, uh, for for your ear holes, putting, putting this little pod in them. Um, tell a friend, come back next week for more yelling. I'm Julia Delois. This is Bachelor Theory.